Welcome to Persistent and Nasty Podcast. I'm here with Simone and Anna. I'm going to ask them to introduce themselves. Simone? Hi, I'm Simone Pereira-Hind. I'm a casting director uh, based in Scotland, working mostly in film and television. And I'm Anna Dawson. I'm Simone's associate. Um, I've been working with Simone for uh, just coming up to four years. Very good. I'm very glad that you guys had time to chat with me. I'm very excited to be here. Although I'm a bit disappointed because I saw something that you tweeted, Anna, about there maybe being a dog in the office. There are sometimes two dogs in the office. Okay. Uh, so One is very bad with other dogs and one is very bad with people. So we generally don't have them here when we uh, oh. have other people here. I'm gutted. That was the whole point. Like The only reason I wanted to interview is because I thought there might be a dog in the office. Sorry to disappoint. Our very, very unhelpful assistant. Exactly. Oh. Actually, it's probably for the best that they're not here because I just lose all focus and concentration with our dogs and I'm just like, Then it would just it. be all about the dogs, all about frankly. The dogs. Yeah. So you guys cast Outlander, is that correct? Uh, we do the casting in Scotland on Outlander. We are lucky enough to work with Suzanne Smith in London. She does the casting in London, we do the casting in Scotland. So have you guys had a good year this year? How's 20? I think we've had an exceptionally good yes. year, actually. It's been quite amazing. I mean, I, I went out of the industry for quite a long time and I've been back for six years, nearly seven, seven years, actually, yeah. um, and moved up to Scotland. So I feel like this year... Things have sort of come together. I feel really properly back now and established. And I think we've had a particularly good year in that we, apart from working on Outlander season four, we cast three films back to back, which has been a complete joy, in my opinion. Along with lots of short films and lots of short and films, occasional kids commercials, TV shows, yeah. commercials, yeah. Yeah. lots and lots of and adding stuff. Up. What's uh, been your journey, uh, Simone? How did you get into casting? Uh, completely accidentally. Um, leaving school at 18, meant to go to university, screwed up my A-levels and started working at Granada Television, having some vague idea that I wanted to work in the media, even though I'm not sure I really knew what the media was. <laughs> um, and my sister was married to an actor. And after I'd been at Granada for about a year and was a bit bored, she just came along one day and said that she knew a casting director looking for an assistant. Um, so I went and worked with Liz England for five years, and we worked mostly in commercials, and then we did things like uh, Press Gang, which was an absolutely brilliant kid series, if anyone knows that. Dexter Fletcher and <laughs> Julia Sawala, it was really brilliant, written by Stephen Moffat, actually. Ah. Really fantastic. Uh, a little bit related to a big TV series called Moonlighting at the time. Oh, which with had um, Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis and Sybil Shepherd. Exactly. I love it that was show. like the junior version of that. I'm, I'm exaggerating, but there were references there. Oh, brilliant. Um, and we worked on The Bill when it was just starting out, which is incredible because then I think it ran for. Decades, probably. Is it I thought it was still running. I just assumed the bill <laughs> was still going. I think it has going. finally gone. Um, I worked with Liz for five years, and then I went out on my own. Um, I shared an office with Suzanne Smith for oh, yeah. a while. She was working in um, theatre, doing amazing musicals, including uh, Finding John Barrowman. Really? He's currently on I'm a Celebrity. So I keep texting her saying, have you seen John? Did you see his entrance on I'm a Celebrity? <laughs> no. Oh my God. What did he do? I'm sure he I did, on, actually. Um, uh, on well, a speedboat. On a speedboat, yeah. which I think is how they all go in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was on it and he was flossing and just like standing up on the speedboat <laughs> as it was moving, flossing. It was just like, oh, he's coming out of his shell at last, isn't he? I love him. I love him. <laughs> he's fantastic. Yes, yeah, Suzanne was uh, working in the theatre and I was doing commercials still at that time. And I, I really did want to work in film. Not quite, I can't really remember how it all happened, but I got the opportunity to work on a TV series called Spender. So that was a kind of breakthrough for me. And then sometime after that, I got my first film, which is a BFI film called Madagascar Skin. And I met Michael Winterbottom and Andrew Eaton and started working with them on lots of feature films, Jude and Welcome to Sarajevo and uh, a film called I Want You with Rachel Weisz. And then around that time, my sister, who 
had worked for years in the National Theatre, working with Peter Hall, and she worked for Comic Relief. She had given all that up and was wondering what to do with her life. Um, and a friend of hers suggested that we work together. And oh. so we did. And it was very successful. Good partnership. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. And what about you, Anna? What brought you into this mental world? Oh, it's slightly different. I was one of those child brats that wanted to be an actress um, when I was a kid and then quickly gave that up when I realised I wasn't very good. Oh, um, at about I don't 15... believe that. I don't believe that. We're <laughs> I know. Sneaker, sneaking her into productions here whenever we can. <laughs> um, so I sort of knew that I wanted... I love this world. I'm a big film geek. Um, so I sort of begged, borrowed and stole any work experience I could get. I didn't really fit in anywhere. I didn't like running I didn't like um you know I, there was bits that just didn't fit so I asked a director how do you find where do your actors come from and he was like oh we've got a casting director um and then he goes do you want me to put you in touch so I did and that was Julia Duff who gave me my first little job um who was very kind um and she then passed me on to someone else who passed me on to someone else who passed me on to someone else and um I in between that I did a, a drama and film degree at Manchester so I found myself sort of commuting from Manchester to London to work for different casting directors and not telling them that I was in Manchester <laughs> so I pretty much walked out of university with a job which was brilliant, brilliant. so um, in London and then I worked for Suzanne Smith on Outlander the first series in the London office and then she introduced me to Smon I've always loved Scotland and was looking for an excuse to sort of get out of London and that's how I moved up here and I'm I'm just as much in love with Scotland as the first time I came up. <laughs> oh, well, Scotland is in love with you. Both of you, in fact. I'm sure I've told you this before when I've come in here for an audition that everybody loves you guys. You do know that, right? And I'm not being sycophantic. You are like casting's nicest people. <laughs> so thank you for being lovely casting people and just making on the auditions surface, wonderful. They're awful, really. <laughs> yeah, the door shuts. And I'm like, God, that's hot. <laughs> My God. Um, well, that's really cool. It's funny uh, to me how often you hear um, how opportunities come about just because people asked the question. Yeah. I feel like so often in this industry, you're just like, I don't going, I need to fake it till I make it. I need to pretend I know what I'm doing. No one, or they'll I'm find me out. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, still very much I'm still doing that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I also find that very heartening to hear. I hear that all the time. Like, it doesn't seem to matter how high up you get, you're still going, um, they haven't found me out yet. Exactly. So that's good. Um, Simone, do you mind me asking how you, you mentioned you had a break from the industry for a little while? Mm -hmm. Are you up for talking about that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What, that decision, um, when that came about? I mean, you know, looking back on it, it was maybe a mad thing to do, but I'd hit my mid 30s, and Vanessa and I, my sister and I, were doing incredibly well. Um, doing lots of work with working title, and I mean, yeah, it was going, it couldn't have been going better. But I think because I started when I was 19, oh, really? I had this I had this question about, is this what really what I want? Do I want to do mm. this for the rest of my life? Um, I was probably also thinking about having kids, and it felt like this would be a difficult job to do and have a family at the same time. And actually looking back, I think about people who did have families and were casting. And I think, oh, my God, how did you do that? Mm. You know, they were amazing. And I had no idea how hard it was at that time. Yeah. Uh, so I, well, I went did a, 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 there was a bit of a sidestep because a guy from William Morris, Charles Finch, came along and uh, asked me and Vanessa whether we wanted to be agents at William Morris. So William Morris had a small office in London and a massive one in the States, and they wanted to expand the London office. So we really hummed and hard about it. I said no, and she said yes, and then she said no, and I said yes, <laughs> and we decided finally to do it with a challenge, I think. Yeah, so, a bit of an adventure. Yep. <laughs> and I think I was kind of looking for a, a way out in, in some ways. So went to William Morris, and really hated being an agent I have to say wow. very quickly realized it wasn't for me I just felt really frust creatively frustrated right as I'm sure lots of agents do uh, pushing forward your ideas and not being listened mm. to what's the fundamental difference between cast being a casting director and an agent just 
though of interest. I mean, I, it made me realise what a privileged position we are in as casting directors because you have this amazing job where you give people work. Mm. I mean, there's lots of good things about casting, but that is very much one of them. Yeah. Um, whereas as an agent, obviously you're getting your clients' work, but it's a lot of hard knocking on doors mm. and building relationships and, yeah, I just really found it wasn't for me. They are such different jobs. Yeah. Uh, we often get called casting agents. Yeah. Which, you know, <laughs> it's so funny. It's irritating. Uh, Twitter thread uh, recently, like, if you call me a casting agent one, one more, more time. time. Yeah. It doesn't exist. And I'm sure that agents get annoyed yeah. being called casting agents because yeah. that doesn't exist. It's not really a thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and... So trying to explain to people that are starting out in their career the difference between a casting director and an agent, it, they are very different jobs. Mm. One is sort of looking after talent. Exactly. And in a sense, to put it bluntly, we're sort of the buying the talent. <laughs> so we right. have to work together, but it's, it's, you, you, you need to have different qualities, I think, to be good at different things. I think agents are incredible. Absolutely. Um, and, and the personal relationship they have with their clients, I think... I'd find that difficult. I mean, I had some really lovely clients, but I just kind of felt frustrated on their behalf. Right, um, yeah. And it's that's an interesting point, because I think as actors, we often forget that a little bit, because there's just always that, what's happening, what's happening, and yeah, yeah, yeah. It, why didn't I get that, or what are you doing for me? Um, I... I often feel kind of bad for my agent because she's always checking and saying, I'm really, really sorry, I'm really sorry. I'm like, it's not your fault. It's okay. <laughs> like, That's hilarious that you're reassuring your agent. I'm reassuring her, yeah. It's like, it's okay, I get it. Like, it's an uphill climb, yeah. it's okay. Um, but that is funny. And I think there is a lack of understanding about the difference. Um, yeah. I'm sure there's a lack of understanding f- about what agents do as mm. well for their clients. Because I know actors get really frustrated. Of course they do. I think if you've got a good relationship with your agent, if you're able to pick up the phone, yeah, you know, that's a good not too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, leave them be sometimes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, in the end, did you just decide? So, that's so, it? so, about six months into being an agent, I thought I really, really don't like this. I think I did also didn't like working for a big company. I was so used to being freelance, being my own boss, mm. and then bizarrely, my partner now my husband uh applied for a job in sri lanka which is where my dad was from without telling me actually (laughs) (laughs) he's a photographer and anyway we ended up taking a year off going off traveling took a boat to sri lanka uh unexpectedly got married unexpectedly got pregnant (laughs) came home and then when my first daughter was six months old out of sheer frustration and boredom if I'm honest mm. I decided to do something that had been nagging in the back of my mind for years which was I went to uh, art school so I went and did a foundation in art and then a degree when my second daughter was born and That's then amazing. we moved up here and I did a master's at ECA. That's incredible what a journey. Yeah, and then when that was finished, I went, oh, I really want to go back to casting after all. Sometimes you've got to go the long way around to figure out what you want to do. that, exactly, absolutely. That's really cool. Um, I'm just going to pick up on something you pointed out, which I think is very, very relevant to our industry, particularly for women, is having kids. Yeah. The whole having kids thing. And I know that this is relevant to working women in every industry, but, you know, I think we're all acutely aware that our industry doesn't quite have the structure in place to protect people or support people. Yeah. Um, and you touched on that, that sort of, what do I do? Do I do it now or do I wait? Yeah. Um, Anna, <clears throat> do you have any thoughts on that? Oh, yes, you're nodding. I yes. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I really do. We sort of joke sometimes if I had a baby that we could have it in the corner. That's as what she like, thinks. I've actually done that before. As long as I, one of my I, you know, old... Train had a baby in the corner of the office. Yeah, yeah. It, it's not, it's not, it doesn't work. I, I am worried. I am worried because, I mean, even though it's coming up, you know, six and a bit years that I've been working in this job, and I'm, but I'm still, you know, I've, I've done things by myself thanks to the brilliant support of Simone and I just love my job so much that I wouldn't want to hinder it. Mm. But yet, I've always wanted children, always. Um, and it's difficult to think how I could manage it. I don't see how it's possible. Mm at the moment 
Yeah. yeah, I mean, I everyone models so. their way, way through. Yeah, that's what you, someone said. Yeah. Someone's yeah. not, yeah. she's not saying don't have children. No, not <laughs> she, yes. she said, if you have children, you're sad. <laughs> she, <laughs> she said, she said things like, you'll just make it work, Hannah, won't you? And I'm like, okay, someone. Oh, I mean, yeah. I'm a fair few years away of, of thinking about it, but it, it is, it's nagging at yeah. the back of my head. And you, and you will just work it out, but I think the, the problem we all face is that idea of going, uh-huh and then how am I going to do that exactly yeah. like it's my, just my friend's terrifying. a lawyer and she's just got um a big contract in London and um, she's very excited about it so she was looking through all the perks so there was like perks of um 300 pounds a year they get to spend it on something that helps them in themselves so they could spend it on therapy they could send it spend it on a personal trainer things like that wow. and one of the benefits is you get um over a year full pay maternity leave wow and then I went to her I was like Oh man, <laughs> That's I'm not in the wrong job, but you, you think oh, yeah, sometimes, yeah, yeah, sometimes yeah, yeah, yeah. it crosses your mind, though, doesn't yeah. it? You're like, yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, she might. There maybe you know downside. She doesn't skip into work in the morning like I do. So well, it's, it's that. That's kind of key, thing. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to at some point to name check raising films. Please do, do. raising films. So raising films are an organisation who are trying to push for people who work in the film and television industry to be considered so that they are thinking about how do people like us, certainly people like actors and crew, how do they manage childcare? Oh, cool. Um, when the hours are so antisocial and, you know, you can be on locations all over the place. And I think for freelance people who don't know when they're going to be working. I'm sure this is true, true for actors, and it mm. certainly has been for me in the past as a casting director, though now I think we pretty much just work normalish hours. But when you don't know what you're going to be working on, when you're going to be working on it, how do you manage to have children, have a family, and do a job? I yeah. mean, it's Being able to plan is so crucial. Absolutely. When you've got dependents and you've got, you know, uh, finances to think about. and Absolutely. So, so they are... Of, Raising those issues and trying to make people aware and potentially provide facilities for people. I mean, actually, we've just uh, been on a set visit on a film that we worked on where the lead actress had a very young baby with her. Mm. So she'd got a, uh, a nanny with her looking after her child, but I think she was breastfeeding in intervals and, uh, yeah, I don't know quite how she managed it. And not to drive it away from women, but... The other film we've been working on, uh, one of the lead male actors had just had a baby, hadn't he? That's right. So he wanted, his sort of request was, I love the film, but can I be near? I mean, his <laughs> so I can go and help just my had partner. A baby. So, yeah, so actually, they, that was, yeah, that's a perfect example. They brought his partner and his baby came along and they stayed close to the set so that she could visit easily. Have lunch. So she had that support. You know, Rather yeah. than being well, abandoned for, you know... The paternity thing is just as important. Yeah. It's, a, it's a partnership. It's Absolutely. Um, I think there's just, again, in every industry, not just ours, that assumption that it's always the, bur the burden of the woman and that the woman has to think about how her life is going to change yeah. and the ways in which the sacrifices that she might have to make and just, we just never discuss it where yeah. the father's concerned. So I think that's great. Um because you just you always imagine that you you wouldn't have the opportunity to even discuss that as an option until you're like mega famous and can command yeah, yeah, yeah. authority absolutely, in some way. Absolutely. Um, so raising films. Raising films. Cool. I will. Uh, yeah, definitely. You some... might want to um, get in touch with them. Actually, they might yeah. be a whole. They sound really interesting. Podcast. Well, and um, Hope Dixon Leach is the name of the woman who I think started it, and she's a director. Cool. And uh, she was she's based um, part of the Time's Up movement, wasn't she? I, that Time's I don't Up. Know. She's based in Scotland. Or 50-50. Oh, she is. Not the Time's Up, oh, the 50-50. Oh, ERA 50-50. Yeah, yeah. I think maybe she's part of that. Deirdre Mullen. Yeah. Amazing. Well, definitely. Look them up. And what I can do is I can Google it all. And when we put the podcast out, I can have all of the information about them in the blurb. Yeah. And we are all about um, chatting up any initiative that's yeah. got something on the go that supports equality or diversity in any way yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah um changing tack slightly but not too much it's been a very interesting year for women in our industry in general mm -hmm. 
And if you guys are up for that, I'd love to chat to you because we talk a lot to playwrights and actors, a lot to actors and to directors through Persistent and Nasty, but we very rarely get the chance to get your perspective on mm-hmm. it and from the casting side of things. Um, Simon, yourself in particular, someone who's been in the industry for a long time, it'd be great to hear your thoughts on how it was, where we are now, and if you think that we are making good progress, progress. or if you are still in a place where you're like, well, still a lot of work to do. Um, no, that's very broad. <laughs> no, 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 absolutely. I mean, I think absolutely there's still a lot of work to do, but I think it's heartening how much is happening, how much is changing now. But that literally, when I came back to the industry after after 10 years out, 10, 11, 12, 13 years out, I was shocked at how things hadn't changed. Mm. Um, and I really do feel like in the last few years in particular, or the last couple of years, there is suddenly a, a real push for women to be more visible, for you know more writers, more directors. There are more opportunities for them. So when I came back, there, there definitely were, for instance, more women directors mm. and loads of women producers. But right now, I think probably on the back of Me Too and everything else, there's much more of a push for them to get opportunities. So they may have been around, but struggling to be heard and seen. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's getting better right now. Yeah. Um, Anna, do you have any thoughts? How are you feeling about the climate at the moment? Are you feeling... Um, I think think it's good. I do. Um, I think think I've been lucky because I've never felt growing up as being any... I've always thought of myself as equal. Mm. Never once felt... Like, I wasn't as equal. And if a man thought they were better, then they were wrong. You know, that kind of thing. No, we're equal. I don't think women are better. I think we're, you know, some women are awful, some men are awful. It's just, you know, it's exactly the same. But I do think it's getting better. I, you know, I think, and we've worked with some fantastic female directors and mm-hmm. writers this year. And yeah. It's been great. And I, I think that it's great that when awards, I, I think it's really interesting seeing the awards season coming up. Mm. Um, because last year, I still think there was people going, look, None of these were written, none of these were directed, and I think that's important that it's it's talked about. It's good uh, from the acting point of view. It's what's exciting me at the moment is that it feels like a a moment in time where we're we're given the opportunity to speak up. Like I feel like this idea of being too frightened to speak up because your career was on the line. Yeah. Even though you <clears throat> would be absolutely in the right because we're talking about fairly toxic power dynamics yeah. and being treated sometimes like dirt but the idea that you would say that's not okay would be like well you're difficult to work with yeah 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 that's it and this i this this kind of it feels like sigh of relief the idea that you can say do you know what um and this is how i feel about this and this isn't okay and not worry so much about being a pariah basically castigated castigated. absolutely um that's really exciting to me because you know as you guys know, you work with actors every day. There's that kind of like, I must toe the line if I want to work. And and that can be painful. Like, to, you know, to put aside your principles sometimes because you're too frightened to say, I'm not all right with this. Yeah, yeah. So that's, a, that's a, among many other things, a brilliant thing about this current push that's happening. I do hope that it, this thing of tough women and tough women get to certain places because mm. they speak up and because they stand up. And I think that maybe... I've met lots of who aren't naturally tough and I don't think you have to be and I hope that it changes that you don't have to be a gutsy ball-busting tough woman Mm -hmm. to get along in the business yeah you know but I think we all maybe with everybody it being more open yeah that those of us that aren't as tough will will stand up for ourselves but in a way that's comfortable to to us does that make sense yeah yeah, perfect sense um I think think it's a really good point as well this idea that it shouldn't just be for those who have that personality trait in them yes, like absolutely. everyone's different and it's not always easy for you for people to go hang on a minute and and it's funny to me as well this idea of having to be tough in a situation which is not about it shouldn't be about that it's just basically about calling out bad behavior yeah. and just speaking up for yourself yes. yeah totally I mean I have to say when the whole me too thing happened I maybe I'm naive I was really shocked by it I was really shocked by certainly what within our industry, what actresses, female actors, were saying about their experience. Mm. I felt like, oh my God, I had no idea it was like this. 
That's interesting. As someone yeah. that's been in the business for so long. I know, I'm... absolutely. And, and looking back, um, I worked on some films that Harvey Weinstein was involved with, though I never met him. And he certainly had a reputation mm. of being a bully, for instance. But I wasn't aware of anything beyond that. Who was the actress who um, wrote that fantastic article in The Guardian? It wasn't Sarah Soleimani, was it? It was Sarah, yeah, was it? I think so. I'd want to check that. <laughs> but, um, I think it was... That article particularly was an eye-opener for me, talking about, you know, it felt like she was kind of repeatedly having to fend off male directors and talking about things, and, and, and this is the sort of thing that did really make me think, audition scenes where, you're, where there is physical contact, where there is kissing or whatever. I mean, actually, we don't do that mm. very often, but certainly I've been around... Uh, Auditions where there have been, you know... <laughs> I'm trying to find a way of putting this without sounding completely twee, passionate embraces. Um, you know, sexy... Obviously, you don't audition sex scenes, but you would potentially audition kissing, mm-hmm. hugging. I don't, I don't ever... To my knowledge, n- never on a first audition. It's always in a recall. Yeah. Am I wrong in thinking that? I can't... I'm trying to... I'm just thinking about a short film that we did a few years ago where there was a, a scene where uh, the, the girl and guy kissed. Yeah. And actually, I, would never, I wouldn't ever expect the actors to do that. But it's, but it's not like we have a... a like, say it's a, we're auditioning a female part and there's a kiss. We don't have a male actor here who goes through and kisses eight, no, nine people. No, but I'm thinking about um, <clears throat> when they were meeting with the director. So there was a, a, a guy there. There were male and female actors together and they went in for the kiss. Mm-hmm. And it was all completely fine as far as I was aware but after reading that article and looking back on those kind of things it did make me think it's much more important that we ask everyone beforehand I mean really simple to do yeah rather than assume that they'll go for it if they're comfortable yeah because actually reading those articles it made me think about as an actor the pressure to make it as good as it can be in the audition scene and possibly compromise what you really want to do mm-hmm. yeah. because you feel you ought to. So now, I think, you know, now if there is anything, I mean, I, again, I, I was thinking about a film we were casting this year or last year where there was a, a guy um, and his daughter. So we were auditioning children and he was very good at talking to them before each scene and saying, are you okay if I put my hand on your shoulder? Are you That's okay? Great. I mean, this was all in the script. You know, he tugs at her jumper to kind of tidy her up. But I, again, I just think that we're all much more careful about that now. And I think that's a good thing. I think it's brilliant. Um, I've heard some horror stories about um, actor friends being put into really compromising, awful situations uh, because they are auditioning for something and they desperately want the part. It's a couple of stories about things that are quite high profile and being told this is what you have to do. Just do it because this is really important for your career and all of this sort of stuff. And, and I think that's probably why it might come as a surprise or like or, or shock people now that we're in a climate where people are talking openly about mm-hmm. their experiences mm-hmm. because you would just go just have to get through this and do it because if I say I'm not comfortable with this they might go well do you know what we've got 12 other people to yeah, see yeah, today yeah. and we'll get the next person who's maybe not going to be quite so difficult and well they wouldn't say that but they'd think it or they'd and they'd bring it, in yeah. the next person because that one was troublesome yeah and I think that's so sad yeah <laughs> I think that's it's sad isn't it and I can't believe because I mean We've been working together for a long time. That's so not how we work. Mm. But I'm sad to hear that that does happen. It definitely does. And I was also looking back again when the whole Me Too thing happened. Yeah, I worked on a big, big film a long time ago. And I cast someone who, bizarrely, subsequently became my therapist. <laughs> so I kind of re-met her after a long time. She was absolutely brilliant. And she, she said, do you remember you cast me in that film? I was like, yeah, it was Great film, wasn't it? And she told me a horror story of how she was on set playing a kind of buxom, wenchy kind of character and then was asked to get topless, basically. And, and again, she did it because she felt she ought to. She was there on set. She didn't want to cause, a, cause trouble. But she was really uncomfortable with it. Yeah. And she hadn't been aware that that's what the role was about. And actually, I don't think I'd... I was either. Yeah. So I think that kind of thing wouldn't happen now. 
I'm sure it wouldn't have. They've got. I'm going to get all the names wrong because Mm -hmm. I've forgotten. Um, (laughs) But the CDG are getting better and better about codes of conduct and things like that. So they send us through all this really um, useful stuff. And there's an intimacy director. Yeah. Is that what they're called now? Yes. Yeah. That's a great. I think that's absolutely brilliant. An agent made. Yeah. And it was it was really because because I'm not an actor. I, we are very much sort of in this world, and then once the production happens, you know, it's it's a different world. These young actors straight out of drama school, I'm like, okay, so start. Um, you're just about to have sex. Go for it. And I can't imagine how daunting that must be. And especially because you're not playing you. You could be playing. Doesn't really matter what your sexual orientation is, but especially say if you've never been with that other person just, and how yeah. do you know what it's you know you're an actor but it's I, I just think I felt really I'm sorry I'm blurbering no no but, um, yeah it makes me it makes me it feel makes like me that feel like, like oh, I just the idea of that just so that's oh, fantastic me that feel... people are changing that and there is such a thing as intimacy director and anybody that can find that film should watch it because it's really interesting it like was so useful for me to watch yeah um and oh, step actually, through step yeah basically. they're breaking down the process of the scene, they're breaking down the scene and working out what they're going to do in the scene, what everyone's comfortable with. Mm-hmm. So it's all agreed beforehand. And it mitigates against those situations mm. that I'm sure we've all heard about where actresses talk about, oh yeah, I, I did this sex scene with so-and-so in this film and they did that when they, you know, that wasn't part of the deal. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, just it, it mitigates against people exploiting a situation and if if it's all been choreographed and discussed and agreed you can go well, hang on a minute he just he or she did this and that wasn't absolutely you know. actually to have an intimacy director there on set while they're shooting the scene is a lifeline isn't it sure it's is. someone to go to who isn't the director or the producer someone who's a bit separate from the process to say, I'm not comfortable with this. Mm-hmm. And to be able to rehearse it in a private yeah. way, because it's a very private thing. I can imagine it would make it more realistic and more, you know, get the reaction you want from the viewers by having that kind of, you know, safe place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Safe Absolutely. place, I think. Yeah, yeah. And they're doing it, like, out, out under has a, you know, its fair share. And oh, a, wee bit, a wee bit of they passion in that show. Just a little sprinkling. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Actually, have you seen the new advert, the new Amazon advert? Yes. So funny, isn't it? I saw it this morning. I was like, that's hilarious. There's an Amazon advert trying to get people to watch Amazon, anything on Amazon. Anything on Amazon. Using Outlander as an example. And it's a man and wife that are watching that first episode. And then, <laughs> then they keep looking at each other and then they start like holding hands in the um, supermarket. And then next time they're like up against a wall, yeah. it's like, it stays with you. And I think that's the tagline. Was, that's very clever advertising. That's um, hilarious. But I, I've, I've, everybody says how great it is on Outlander. It's a closed set, isn't it, when they do I'm like sure. That. And also, they've so. again, they've got strict guidelines that they've Very brought strict out guidelines, for yeah. how those scenes are managed so and I think that's you get your best out of your actors when everyone's comfortable exactly. as well like when nobody's slightly like feeling awkward or unprepared or like something wasn't discussed properly yeah. in advance you just you've got the freedom to then just do your job especially for you know newer younger actors who are put in that position and that must be absolutely horrendous when you're a bit just, more old and famous and stroppy, even... you can, you know, be more demanding. But, yeah, I'm sure lots of people have had, l- looking back. I was saying uh, to Chris um, that, when because we, we've been catching up on Outlander, and, like, every time um, there's a, a passionate Claire and Jamie scene, I'm like, I don't know how they do this. Like, I, don't, I, don't, I know, I I do it. I so do I. Do I it. look at that and think exactly the same. Because I think they're brilliant. They are brilliant. And, and it's so believable. Very Exactly, exactly. I should be watching this. Oh my God. Yeah, it's so, I don't know how they do it. So yeah, I think an intimacy director is such a crucial thing, especially if you're going to be making work like that, that has, you know, it's requirements in the narrative and everybody's comfortable. But it's happening across the board as well. Um, The equity have the uh, safe spaces statements there, which is wonderful. Which we've got a copy of. Which is absolutely brilliant. (laughs) I'm hopeful. I'm feeling positive about things going forward. Um, I'm going to change the subject entirely to something more fun. What's your What's been your favourite gig? Your favourite thing that you've cast? Are we allowed to? We're not allowed to have favourites. <laughs> <laughs> we're not allowed to have favourites, but we'll tell you about uh, a couple of things we've worked on this year, maybe. Um, Can we start with the toll? That's what I was going to start with. <laughs> it's not a favourite, but favorite. we had uh, we worked on a Welsh film uh, earlier this year called The Toll. 
um, which potentially could have been a really tough job because I had a very low budget, so everybody was on not much money. But actually, the script was really brilliant. The director, the writer, the producer were all fantastic, and it just... And bizarrely, they were all in Wales. We're here in Scotland, and most of the actors are in London. But we put together a really fantastic cast, um, and we were lucky. Once they made a trailer for the film last year, which we cast, and uh, Simon Russell Beale did the trailer, and the trailer is fantastic. So I think that really helped the actors to see the director's vision. Um, so we got some really good actors on board and once we got a couple of really good actors on board other people started coming in as well so we it was it was fantastic wasn't it yeah it was an absolute pleasure (laughs) and we got to I mean we we sort of um love working in Scotland and casting Scottish actors and everything and I in Wales there's a bit of a thing about Welsh actors not getting Mm. cast in Welsh projects Mm. which I know sometimes happens in Scotland not so much but um so the lead female is relatively new she's she's good she's you know she's she's but it was so exciting to be able to say hey you're the lead in a film yeah Um, yeah. and we got such a good nearly all welsh cast um and my my fat my mum's um welsh so that's like my family so it's got a bit of a soft spot in my heart as well is the best bit of the job calling people, or calling the agents presumably, because you probably call them the most to tell people, oh, that person got the job? That's a good part yeah, of the job. Part. That definitely, I, for me, the best part of the job is auditioning people and there being some kind of magic in oh. the room. I mean, that is amazing. That's what we're all after all of the time, I so think. Really? It's that, that uh, kind of creative synchronicity, that moment when you know something exciting is happening that's you know yeah. it's, so it's a exciting. real buzz yeah yeah, yeah, yeah i mean yeah. when they leave the room i think someone and i are like little like Ooh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> excited <laughs> children sometimes when it ha- happens we, we um i've met this young actor recently who has done next to nothing uh amateur dramatics and we just had a good feeling about him and we auditioned him for the first time the other day and he did the most brilliant audition. And it's so exciting! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. I love hearing that. Because yeah. it's so nerve-wracking and horrific auditioning. God. Um, and is it, it? Is it? It is. Yeah, I'm sure it is. I wouldn't do it. <laughs> um, well, not for you guys. Well, I, I mean, obviously, I, I, me personally anyway, I can't speak for every actor, but I always get nervous before I audition, regardless. Yeah. But yeah, I've said this before, you guys do make it. Well, so all, much easier. You're all very impressive at hiding it. <laughs> <laughs> I think sometimes it nerves um, come out in different ways. Yeah. Um, which we've I've, over the years have learnt to spot. Oh um, yeah. But most most of all, most of the time, you guys are very it's very impressive hiding it. <laughs> yeah. Is it true to say like I talk a lot about this with you know actors talk about acting all the time, and one of the things that I'm always saying to people is that you've got to remember that the people, for the most part, the people you're auditioning for want you to do well. Absolutely. That is absolutely (laughs) crucial. And I say that in drama school all the time. We want you to be good. We're absolutely on your side because you make us look good. (laughs) I mean, it is really that basic, you know, and it's exciting. I mean, I think, I think, I mean, I get nervous before every interview I have to do for a job equally. I hate it. Um, Nervous about like doing this, weren't you? Yeah, well, I still am. Thank <laughs> so but... silly. <laughs> just having a blather. Don't blether. be ridiculous. <laughs> just having a blather. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know how actors do it. And sometimes you can see people's nerves, particularly young people starting out, and, and not all of them actually, but we had someone come in the office yesterday, I think, who on the surface seemed absolutely fine but I could really feel his nerves coming Mm. off him and from my own experience I don't know what you can do about that apart from keep putting yourself out there and go through it until your body is used to it and you're almost (laughs) bored with the process I mean it's a tricky thing because I we also see actors who have lost their nerves but become a bit static Mm. and um have lost a bit of an edge yeah They've become a bit blasé about what they do and they come in and it feels like they're dialing it in and 
sometimes actors come in who are a bit more established and it's hard to work with them because they've they know what they're going to do in the room and they do it yeah so it's actually really good working with and it's great working with all actors of course but it's nice working with younger people who have still got an openness and a desire to play Mm -hmm. they're a bit more malleable is that the right word yeah 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 (laughs) yeah, you can sort of go no have have thought about this line and um how about if you try that sitting down instead like you know just to try and change things and suddenly Mm -hmm. it it snaps which is always a lovely feeling and it isn't all about young actors but it is about an attitude of mind about keeping an open mind about what you're doing and trying to stay playful I think yeah and I think with the younger actors I find that sometimes that if you're not bogged down with technique or worrying about what you're doing if you're just kind of going in and going I don't have any preconceptions about what is expected of me so I'm just going to have fun that's where the real liveness and magic happens isn't it I mean it's the classic thing of when you don't give a damn about whether you get the job you so often get the job job. yeah yeah I mean and it's really hard to teach that but you know it's also interesting seeing actors coming out of drama school and developing over time and there is a point where people sort of become comfortable in their own skin Mm. and they realize that they're an important part of the process I mean I'm always telling uh, drama students that they should remember that they're equal in the room that we're all working together towards something but I also know how difficult it is to feel that and remember that when you're first starting out. It was funny when I auditioned for you guys for that big show. Um, <laughs> I won't release this till uh, later in the year, but I'll also be, keep it very vague. Um, yeah, when I auditioned for you guys for that rather big show, I didn't for a million years think I was getting the job. Uh-huh. Didn't it, it was just not in my head. That I, that I was even going to be in the running. So I just thought, well, this is a good opportunity to go in and read for Simone and Anna, and that'll be what it is, and we'll, it'll be a day to meet them and a chance to act for two seconds, and that'll That's be interesting. grand. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, isn't it? Because I just was like, I'm just going to go in and do it. I had no expectations. So be- because I didn't have that, oh, my God, it's that yeah. big show, yeah, <laughs> and yeah, I really yeah, want yeah. the job, yeah. I, it, I, I assume it made a difference. It because was a very relaxed performance. Which thank was you, brilliant. Which always helps. I mean, that's yeah. so frustrating I that's and ironic. You're just I know. Going, it's not, it's not going to happen. There's no chance. So yeah. I can just relax and have fun. Yeah, isn't it a really famous actor that said, um, "If you're auditioning, you're working. Use it as a chance to perform. That's yeah. what you do. That's what you love. So every audition is a chance to go and do what you love." Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's interesting if it. I'd love to know who said that. I will. Someone very <laughs> yeah. famous. Someone very famous. Yeah. But absolutely, I think I remember talking to an actor and him saying to me that he, and he is very successful, he treats every audition as the job. So he's going in to do the job. Yep. And that really shows in his auditions because he has a, an energy and an enthusiasm. But he is, he is someone who's comfortable in his skin now, mostly. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you could just teach that or put that on as a coat somehow, oh, wouldn't it be amazing? <laughs> it's just something that comes to time, isn't it? Like, just time and hard knocks. So yeah. you go, you know what? I'm good. Yeah. I'm okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to bounce back to another topic because mm-hmm. I've just remembered something I wanted to ask you guys. I'm really interested to hear, particularly in relation to Me Too, Time's Up, and just the way women are have been treated historically in our industry, about casting briefs that you guys get sent through from whoever it may be because we see a lot of them as active there's I don't know if you know there's like a, a twitter uh feed and lots of the, like sexist casting briefs or things that are just so ridiculous oh my god I'd love to see that no completely yeah I can't remember that. the I can't remember the twitter <coughs> handle off the top of my head I'll, it's like ugh, sexist casting briefs I can't remember but yeah some of them are just like utterly chronic and ridiculous and I was just wondering if you guys have much experience with that where you get something through and you're like the guy's part's really like long and interesting and then it's like the female part underneath is his wife or something like that you know it's like yeah, yeah. <laughs> I god I don't know if I'm do you I, get any of that no I'm not sure that we do no, I don't know maybe we're just lucky, you're lucky. with what we work on I, I have um, to say Simone is particularly good at she's not afraid to go back to uh, directors writers producers um, and for example, go, well, why isn't this policeman a policewoman? Well, that's wonderful. Um, uh, yes. Doesn't always go it down well. No, no. <laughs> oh, really? So it's a bit of a gamble. And that's interesting. we change 
the briefs. I can't think of an example, but if there was a sort of she's, yeah, I can't think of a single sexist example. Maybe it's because it's I'm, not in my brain. But um, I'm wondering if that the change I don't it. Know, me about to be unfair and say, does that happen a lot in commercials? Oh uh, yeah. It's because also, there's much more kind of dealing with stereotypes, I think. Yeah. Although I think, again, commercials have changed dramatically mm. over the years, thank goodness. And in some ways, I think they've led the way in terms of diversity, for instance. So, Simone, would we put this in a brief? Yeah, let's hear it. <laughs> um, hot blonde girl, blonde hair, classic hot girl. <laughs> wow. Should we put that in our next brief? Um, no. <laughs> I'm shocked oh my that goodness. anybody would. You should read the second one Classic there. hot girl. The dream of any teenage boy, sexy yet wholesome, perfect physique, and always eager to please her man. Oh, my God. <laughs> I had one. Tell me this is from 40 years ago. <laughs> well, I got one through about a year ago uh, for a film, and it said it was, it was some terrible-sounding spy thriller, and it was the casting brief was like she was a an MI6 agent or something like that. And it kind of was like, psychology degree, MI6 agent or something like that. And then it said, the last line was, looks good in a bikini on the beach. No. And I was like, why is that relevant? I'm like, laughing, <laughs> but really it's not funny. That's not, you're just like, I don't, yeah, yeah, that's obviously oh, key Can for, I just read one more? Absolutely. <sighs> Female, cute, naive, not an independent thinker. <gasps> Part of a brief. Oh my god! What? Am I allowed to swear? What the fuck are they casting? Yeah. Imagine having to go back to any of your, like, if you're an agent, go back to your clients, you know, phone them up and say, "Oh, this was the on the list I thought of you." Not an independent <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I just feel like that can't be real. I'm afraid they get really bad. I'll try and remember the Twitter feed. Um, have you actually right now, seen these things? Surely. Oh, yeah, I've seen I can't some imagine them, like, that casting directors in this just, day and age would put stuff like that there's out. There's a Facebook group, Bossy. Like so, it. Bossy is for female and um, people who identify as female. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's mostly actresses, I think, actors. Um, and they put up so many um, bad casting calls. And I'm sitting there, like, behind my little computer going, Oh, and of course I never ever comment because it's not my position at all but it's very, very interesting for me to be aware of it I just I feel like oh, I'm like chronic isn't it yeah <laughs> bad yeah and it's it, because it still goes on and I think it's just like so thoughtless and you know there I think I would like to think the higher up you're going like if it's big like proper production company mm-hmm. like there's somebody within that team that's thinking about that and going no we're not we're not going to do that that's not that's not good that's not good storytelling for a start like to like structure character briefs or synopsis around things like that it's just uh but you know lots of there is, there's still lots of it out there and, and, and to put it out like that so if you know you as an actress get the uh, the script through and you feel that she's coming across as a doesn't have a her own thoughts isn't an independent is an independent yeah, yeah, then yeah. you might not want to play that part that kind of thing yeah. but to put it out there is this is what we're looking for looking yeah. for it's just bizarre it makes me go oh, i don't want to work with these people because that's really? how they view like if you write that and you're without a hint of irony and that's what you're you know, then surely that's how you view women i know well i'm trying i'm think. so trying to get my head around it i'm trying to think <laughs> is it like a comedy and that's an ironic thing but i can't <laughs> ju- justify it i can't yeah. see how you justify that you can't, I don't think. No, I think you're right. <laughs> With regards to Outlander, I was really lucky. I took time out from casting for quite a long time. And when I came back, I went to my friend Suzanne to say, just get her opinion on whether or not I should try and get back into casting. She was very supportive. And then bizarrely, six months later, she got Outlander. And so I was lucky enough to be able to do the casting in Scotland right from the beginning, from series one. And so we have been doing, we've just done the fourth series. She's so nasty. Yeah, the Scottish casting. It's like a fantastic, amazing production. And it's great what it's doing for the Scottish tourism industry. Do you know this? Unbelievable. I walked past a shop yesterday. (laughs) In fact, I nearly photographed it, where they had a poster in the window which said, 
official Outlander merchandise sold here. I was like, wow. They, they do trips to the Standing Stones. They don't exist, the Stones. <laughs> <laughs> and also, because Outlander's had such a huge impact on the Scottish industry. Yeah, like it's, it's very it's, relevant. It's, that and Outlaw King are always next to each other. Because a... I kept thinking about Outlander and what it's brought to the Scottish industry yeah. because of the custom-built studio, yeah. inevitably Outlander will finish because all things eventually yeah, finish. Yeah, yeah. And that will be there, yeah. which is amazing. Uh, did you see the news this morning? What? Got what? what? I, I knew you had seen what it. News? I was going to send it to you. They've got a, a space for the... The film studio, the yes. Film the, studio. The, 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 it's in Leith. The Scottish Screen Initiative to get that big, massive studio is, yes. is underway. It's going to be the a spot. big... Are you telling me we have a studio that's going to be built in Leith? They're talking about there being five sound stages, a production workshop, a back lot. Like the it's so fantastic. And and the fact that actually, uh-huh. the fact that it's in Leith, because yeah. I mean, if it was had to be outside Edinburgh or Glasgow or wherever, so be it. But it, the fact that it's in Leith, the game changer, isn't it? So exciting! So exciting! Wow! But now that this is happening as well, like. It could fundamentally change everything. Definitely, definitely. Oh, that's incredibly exciting. exciting. It's totally incredible. That's wonderful. It's boosted everything up here. And then, obviously, Outlaw King that has boosted it even further. And then now the studio. I just think it's such an exciting time to be working up here. I quite agree. Scotland's hot right now, you guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hot like a hot blonde. Yeah, like a hot blonde. With, like, yeah, no independent thoughts in her head. <laughs> it was wonderful to talk to you both. Aww. Thank you so much for your time because I know you're very, very busy people. Um, and thank you for being kind and generous and, you know, two decent humans <laughs> in this crazy, crazy industry. Oh, so thank you very there's much. lots of people like us, I'm sure. Uh, you're the best. The industry, <laughs> the industry is full of lovely people. Thank you so much, guys. Pleasure. Pleasure.